You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Basketball season won't be around forever, so get in on all the action now with DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports. DraftKings is giving new players a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. Claim your free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes when using code THPN during sign-up. Playing daily fantasy basketball is simple. Just pick your lineup, stay under the salary cap, and see how your team stacks up against the competition. With DraftKings, payday comes every day for players. So what are you waiting for? Head to the app now. Download the DraftKings app now and use code THPN during signup. This week, DraftKings is putting you in the action with a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. That's code THPN to get a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Hello and welcome to the Ice Guys, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. This is the show that takes you into the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a sports betting perspective. With pro handicappers Alex B. Smith and Ian Cameron, and veteran sports writer Jimmy Murphy. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to the Ice Guys, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network for Thursday, April 29th. Ian Cameron with you, and we have another special guest joining us uh, on the uh, show today. Uh, A man that played in the NHL previously. Uh, drafted by the uh, Columbus Blue Jackets, played with the Minnesota Wild, uh, played in the uh, junior level, played for, in my opinion, one of the best junior hockey teams I've seen in my lifetime, you know, being 35 years old now, the 2005 Memorial Cup champion, uh, London Knights. Uh, Happy to have Dan Fritchie on the show today, uh, on the Ice Guys show, joining us as a special guest. Uh, Dan, welcome to the Ice Guys. How are you today? I'm great, thanks. Uh, um, Excited to be with you. All right. Uh, yeah. And uh, before we get into, you know, the games today on the NHL slate and just uh, talking NHL uh, in general, uh, let's, uh, you know, talk a little bit about your hockey playing days because uh, you played a little sure. in the NHL with Columbus and Minnesota. Um, I have now as a sports better and handicapper, you know, I'm trying to find out information daily injuries. You've got to keep up uh, with so much different uh, the angles and information if you're going to you know, profit from uh, NHL betting or any sport for that matter. Yeah, so one of the resources yeah. I use, Dan, is uh, The Athletic. And I remember reading a great piece that Aaron Portsline did uh, with you, having yeah. to deal with obviously heinous, uh, hideous player abuse situation uh, with Sarnia. Yeah. Uh, I guess your junior career, you had the lowest of the lows with that scenario. And then you also mm-hmm. have the highest of highs where you get traded to the London Knights, and you're basically part of an amazing junior hockey team that just ran through the Ontario Hockey League that year. The playoffs ended up winning the Memorial Cup. And I think when you look at that team in 2005, it's one of the better junior hockey teams I've seen. It was Corey Perry. It was Robbie Shrimp. And you can say what you want. It didn't pan out for Robbie in the NHL, but it was an unbelievable junior player. Uh, You were on that team. Dale Hunter was the coach. It was an outstanding 
hockey team. Uh, Mark Mathot was on that team. Of course, mm-hmm. he just recently retired from the NHL. So uh, just some uh, thoughts from you on your junior hockey playing days and then transitioning into the NHL. Playing for Columbus must have been a thrill uh, for yeah. you as an Ohio guy. Uh, just talk a little bit about uh, your hockey playing past. Yeah, sure. Um, so like I, you know, everything you mentioned there, um, yeah, when I got traded to London, that was, uh, I mean, it was a team like you'll, you know, I knew it was a once in a lifetime opportunity. Um, the talent that we had on that team, it, it was bar none. Um, it was a, uh, it was a feeling, you know, going into games like you would never ever experience ever again in your career. And I knew that going in, uh, the confidence that we had as a team and as a group in, in, in general, as a whole, um, just entering the rink, you know, going on the ice, just knowing we were going to win. I mean, we, we had this, I don't want to say call it like an ego. It, it, it was this, this swagger, just knowing it was like, it was almost like, let's get this over with because we know we're going to win. We were that good. It, it was, um, and I knew it, feeling like that again um so um you know if we were to not win the memorial cup that year i think you know we'd be looking back and be like what happened um but um yeah you know we were too good for that to happen so yeah and it'd be like the uh, year that uh tom brady and the patriots were having that undefeated incredible season and then eli manning and the new york giants take care of them uh that year and they're probably yeah. like wondering what the hell it's like a two by four upside yeah, exactly. the head we had all this yeah. uh we had all this expectation. We're flying through the season. We might be able to make history. An undefeated team that wins the Super Bowl, uh, right there with the Dolphins, of course, in 72. Uh, and sure enough, they get beaten in the Super Bowl. It kind of feels like your London Knights that year would add that same feeling. If we don't finish the deal, we're going to look back on it and think, what if? Oh, yeah, of course. Of course, that's right. I mean, and uh, luckily we don't have to do that. Um, you know, you look Everybody that was on that team, everybody's NHL career that they had, um, it's just uh, it's a pretty pretty special time, I think. So, um, yeah, I do. but um, I mean, for me personally, um, the second part of your question, you know, me moving on to Columbus, uh, getting drafted by Columbus was also a pretty special, uh, pretty special time in my life. Being two hours up the road, two hours drive, you know, being from Cleveland, Ohio, so uh, I was pretty much playing like my hometown team. Um, really unique situation I had uh, playing for them. At the same time, my brother was playing for Ohio State down in Columbus. I mean, we lived together for three years playing for, he was playing for Ohio State. I'm playing for Columbus. Uh, my, my two other good friends are going to Ohio State. We're all living together. It, I mean, it was, uh, um, it was wild. It, it, it was a fun, uh, fun time. I, I had, you know, I, no regrets. I, I love being in Columbus and, um, uh, Still take my kids down there and watch games every chance I get. Awesome stuff. And, yeah, to, uh, actually, before we get to uh, NHL talk, uh, tell uh, current NHL talk, uh, talk about what you're doing now. Because, like you say, you're running hockey camps. You're, you're trying to get involved in, you know, t- basically getting kids to realize, you know, you got to pump them up mm-hmm. with positivity sometimes. You can't beat them yeah, down. Of course. You can't say they suck. You can't say, hey, you know, you, you can't make it in hockey. You can't take yeah. away that spirit and that confidence. You got to give them reason to believe, reason to say, "Hey, if, as long as I keep trying and I keep working hard and I keep improving, and I have people that are around me that are going to insulate me with some confidence and wisdom mm-hmm. and knowledge to help make me 
rather than just belittle me all the time, then that's going to make me want to become a better hockey player and give me the reason to say I can keep going. Yeah, of course. And that's why, you know, I started an academy down here and I work with kids all the time. I uh, was a hockey director here uh, for a couple different organizations. And uh, that's, you know, what I, you know, I, I always reiterate to my coaches, um, you know, I have a zero tolerance policy for, for any kind of verbal abuse. Obviously, if there's any physical abuse, it, 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 there's no question, but verbal abuse, um, you know, for me growing up, going through my career, uh, I experienced enough of it. And um, I, I just think that, you know, positive reinforcement is the way to go uh, with young kids. Um, you know, it's okay to yell at them. It's okay, you know, to bench them if they're not working hard. Uh, but like you said, you know, to, to tell a kid that they suck, they're no good, um, all that stuff. Um, that's how you make kids fall out of love with the game. And uh, everybody that loves the game, um, uh, you know, they don't want to see that. So, um, you know, I, um, yeah, so I, I go around and talk to a lot of coaches and do a lot of camps and um, try to uh, trying to get Cleveland uh, more and more on the hockey map here. And they've already come far, obviously, in the last 20 years, bringing the NHL uh, to the state of Ohio with the uh, Columbus uh, Blue Jackets. But, uh, yeah, it's great to see you've kept busy. You've got a family. You've got a wife. You've got a kid, kids. And it's uh, good to see you doing well with that. Uh, the NHL, let me just ask General, how much NHL hockey do you get to watch? How much NHL hockey do you get to follow on a daily basis? Oh, I mean, I wish I would watch more. Um you know, basically the Blue Jackets are kind of, you know, if they're on TV, I watch them. Um, uh, you know, usually Disney's on at night in my house. So the NHL Network's not like it, it's it's not on like it used to be. <laughs> um, but, uh, um, you know, when I can, uh, I'm watching games. Um, and, you know, as soon as this pandemic's over, you know, we usually before the pandemic, we uh, we would go down to Columbus four, five, six times a year, and then playoffs. We would be at every other playoff game at least when the Blue Jackets were in the playoffs. So um, I'm hoping we can get back to that um, uh, really soon because um, I love watching games live. Uh, NHL, any games, I, I just – I don't mind watching it on TV. I love watching playoff hockey on TV, um, but there's nothing like – watching hockey live, uh, that's how I get – football fans in Cleveland here to become hockey fans. They tell me uh, they're not into hockey and I tell them to go watch the game live. And I, I'll, you know, sometimes I'll bring uh, friends Good with me. <laughs> yeah. I, it, it's a totally different perspective. You see, I, uh, it, it's the, the pace of play, um, the hitting, it just, you know, the quick decision-making, everything is not, um, it doesn't translate to TV. It, the people have no idea until they see it live. So, um, yeah, it's amazing, you know, what one one person who claims they're not a hockey fan, what happens when they go see a game live. So, um, yeah, so I try to do that as much as I can. And it's been too damn long since I've been to a hockey game. I feel embarrassed, to be honest yeah. with you. I'm this big hockey guy. I'm a huge hockey fan, have been my whole life. NHL, bet the NHL daily. It's part of my career now as a sports better and handicapper. And yet I haven't been to a game in like five to ten years. Uh, it's frustrating. Oh, yeah, it's too, yeah long. You do. it's too long. Yeah, and I'm in Hamilton, Ontario, which is nestled right in between uh, Toronto and Buffalo. It's about an hour uh, west of Toronto, and it's probably about 90 minutes across the border to Buffalo. Uh, from here yeah. so usually Leafs games or Sabres games and Sabres 
you know, were actually my team growing up. I'm still a Sabres fan deep down inside. Yeah. Although now with your the betting career started for me the last 10 years, I try to be, you know, unbiased tunnel vision. It's like, yeah, you, you got to call it right <laughs> down the different. middle. You can't be biased. Can't bet with your yeah. heart. You got to bet with your head and make informed decisions. And uh, yeah, unfortunately had some rough times with the Buffalo Sabres the last several years on a day that I'm actually reminded of the good times that the Buffalo Sabres had in the two thousands with Ryan Miller, you know, one of the great goalies uh, in the history of the Buffalo Sabres franchise announcing his retirement today, uh, which he'll be uh, retiring at the end of the season. Outstanding career. Of course, he's been with the ducks the last few years as a backup to uh, John Gibson, uh, but a great career. Uh, some of our best, some of definitely the best memories of the Buffalo Sabres the last 20 years, Ryan Miller was involved with those oh, uh, great years. Briere and Chris yeah. Drury, and what a team they had in those uh, two, Brian Campbell uh, on the blue line. I mean, it was a great Buffalo team. Ryan Miller, one of my favorite goalies to watch, obviously, mm-hmm. uh, as a Sabre fan growing up. Uh, Rick Jenneret is why I became a Sabre fan. It really wasn't that I loved the team or, the, or any one particular player way back when, you know, LaFontaine and guys like that were on the Sabres. Oh, but yeah. it was Rick Jenneret because we'd get Fox 29 Buffalo here in Canada, the local network yep. that had so many Sabre games. And I'd hear this guy of just course. going, I shot wide of the net. Score! You'd hear that Rick Jenneret yeah, voice. Yeah. And I'd absolutely yeah. get into it big time. And I was a Sabre fan from that moment. Yeah. Yeah. I used to be a Sabres fan myself. I mean, obviously, you know, before 2000, the Blue Jackets weren't here. So. I was rooted for Detroit, and then uh, even more so, more so because uh, the Sabers, because of uh, we had a local player, uh, Brian Holzinger, play for uh, the Sabers for a long time. He was a Hobie Baker winner from Bowling Green, and he was a good family friend. So he uh, he would always get his tickets, and we'd make the short drive up to Buffalo as many times as we could, and uh, go watch him play. And I remember as a little kid, he got me in the locker room and. There was a uh, practice. I was able to go skate. I, I, was, I had to be like 10, 12 years old. I was able to shoot shoot pucks on Hashik and talk to Pat LaFontaine. And I was just like, uh, <laughs> it was like a dream come true. It was like, uh, you know, memories like that you never forget as a kid. I mean, yeah, you're like a kid in a candy store, 100%. Yeah. I mean, you're talking to the players that you're watching. You love the sport. You love the players that play the sport. And you get that opportunity to have that up close and personal, you know, uh, opportunity mm-hmm. to meet them, talk to them, and see them in, in person. Uh, it's a thrill. Yeah. Uh, there's no question, especially at that age as a kid. There's no question. Uh, but, yeah, the Sabres, they were great. Uh, Brian Holzinger reminds me of the way Rick Jenneret called his. goes, Holzinger! <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, my favorite for Rick Jenneret, too, was Stupa! Yeah. I mean, yeah. and as, as he just got into it, and I love that when there was a fight too, he'd lose his shit. I mean, he'd absolutely, oh, yeah. I thought he was going to have a, a freaking uh, collapse in the booth some of these nights with how much he got excited. And when Steve, if you haven't seen it, anybody watching or listening to the show right now, search it on YouTube, Steve Shields and Garth Snow, and listen to Rick Jenneret calling that. He looks like yeah, he's oh, going to yeah. have a heart attack with how much he's getting into that. And, <laughs> I mean, that's what we loved about him. He got as excited for fights as goals or big yeah. saves or anything. Call a cop. I mean, uh, oh, yeah. it was him that got me into being a Sabre fan, uh, for sure. Yeah. No question about it. Wow, um, between him and Rob Roy and Matthew yeah. Barnaby, I mean, geez, oh, man. That they team, were a tough team back uh, then. Just, yeah, a, just a tough team. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah of course, Rob Ray is the rule created because of the, you know, the Rob fact Ray, he tried right. to get an advantage on the fights in the early 90s with the, getting the gear off. Uh, and as a result, they had to say the tie-down rule. It's exact. Rob Ray is the reason that it exists, Rob essentially, yeah. uh, because of what was happening in the uh, 90s. But, uh, yeah, great memories, yeah. Dan, with those, those Buffalo teams. Um, Columbus, let's talk about them. Then we'll get into today's games, uh, rapid fire. Yeah, of course. Um, Columbus, um, mm-hmm. John Tortorella, we know he's the head coach there. He's probably one of yeah. those guys that maybe he's pretty hard, pretty tough on the players. I don't know that because I'm obviously not yeah. there. But from afar, that's kind of the what you gather from him. This has obviously sure. been a difficult season for those Blue Jackets in your neck of the woods. Obviously, things have mm-hmm. not gone well. They've had playoff years the last two years. Yeah. Uh, this season, it's just no, nothing's come together. Uh, they've no. traded away of course, yeah. David Savard, Nick Foligno at the trade deadline, which basically signaling they're kind of waving the white flag and moving toward the future. Oh. They just ended a nine-game losing streak, which was a dismal one, and they beat the uh, Detroit Red Wings uh, to do it. So it's been a tough season there, uh, Danny, for the yeah. – uh, Columbus Blue Jackets, no yep. question. Uh, the question I got for you is, where do you think this team maybe goes from here? The Patrick Lyon deal hasn't necessarily panned out, with the, and I've been no. pretty critical of him uh, this season, yeah. saying they need a whole lot more out of Patrick Lyon than they've gotten uh, to this point. But where do you think they go from here, and what do you think of John yeah. Tortorella overall? What I've noticed, Dan, with John yeah. is I think he's he has calmed down and he has mellowed a bit, but I think he's resigned to a mm-hmm. situation where I – I don't think he's convinced he's coming back next year as the head coach of this team. I think he sees things falling yeah. apart. I think the Lion A situation's kind of worn on him. When you're struggling like yeah. this, I'm used to torts, you know, yelling at Brooksy, one of the or one of the reporters or something, or getting fired up or getting agitated or having one of those epic classic Tortorella post-game press conferences. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm used to seeing that when they're struggling. This year he looks almost comatose. You know, he looks yeah. almost like he's you just. There's not that same energy. It's almost like ah, white. Yeah, yeah. I, this is. It is what it is. Things aren't changing. Whatever I say, not much is going to happen here to change things and turn it into a positive. It's almost like it's a different Tortorella because usually when his team is scuffling to this magnitude, he's yeah. just absolutely guns blazing and and calling somebody out publicly. And we just haven't seen that from John Tortorella. It's been very uh, strange to see that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in, in my opinion, it's either Tortorella or Line that has to go. Um, I know Torts as a coach. Um, I actually missed him by two weeks in New York. I got traded from New York to Minnesota uh, two weeks before he came. Um, I've heard plenty about him. Oh, my dog's barking. Sorry. Um, I heard plenty about him. Um, and he, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I just, I don't think those two are are going to coincide. I, I just I just can't see it happen. Um, everybody in Columbus here, or everybody 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 around the area thinks this is this is it for Torts. Um, I don't see it that way. I I see it in the perspective of they have to make that decision uh, between Line A and Torts because Line A is the type of player Torts is he's the coach where if you're not giving 110% and you're not playing by his game plan, then, then you're done. You're out. He's not going to put up with it. He doesn't care if you're a first line player or a fourth line player. Uh, line a, I get the sense that he's just a player. Like he wants to do what he wants to do, you know, leave me the hell alone. Um, and so I think uh, management's going to have to make that decision. 
you know, it, you know, did, did they want to build around line A um, and go for young and, and try to get a new coach in here and something fresh or uh, are, are they going to, you know, swallow or eat, you know, eat this trade up in line A and, and try to move on from him and go with torts. Um, so that's my opinion. I, I, I think it's one or the other, but I think someone's going. Yeah, a world with two uh, forces cannot exist. I mean, that is sometimes uh, an old saying, and that could be the case yeah. here in Columbus with uh, Tortorella and Line. It's it's unlikely yeah. to me as well that you could have both of them back with the team next year. So uh, it'll be interesting to see uh, how that plays out. All right, let's get into Thursday's NHL slate. Yeah. We've got uh, a, lo- a lot of interesting games here uh, on the uh, docket. Uh, we'll start with the Battle of New York, the New York Islanders taking on uh, the New York Rangers, uh, currently the New York Rangers around minus 125 favorites here in this game. The total five and a half shaded to the under. Where is the Islanders offense gone is my question. Obviously, they got shut out by Washington the other night. They got uh, obviously Kyle Palmieri at the trade deadline to really bolster them offensively. And we just haven't seen it really for the uh, Islanders. Something's just a little bit uh, amiss with them. The New York Rangers are playing for their playoff lives. They're trailing Boston. Uh, by a few points in the standings for that final spot. They're playing good hockey. You know, you could quibble. They've played a pretty weak schedule uh, lately. And strength of schedule is something I incorporate when I break down the games each day. That, yeah, the Rangers are playing great. Sabanajad's on fire. Panarin, since they got him back, they've been outstanding offensively. And they're putting the puck in the net left and right. Igor Shosturkin has been good in net. But they played the Buffalo Sabres. They played the New Jersey Devils. They played the Philadelphia Flyers. They played a lot of Sisters of the Poor, you know, for lack of a yeah. better term here, yeah. uh, in recent games. So this is a tricky one for me. It is certainly a huge motivational, you know, situation here for the Rangers. And I like the way their game's trending, but it's trended that way against poor competition. The Islanders are struggling, but they've been struggling against better competition. So what ends up winning out here in this game? It's a tough one. I would lean to the Rangers, but I can't say uh, I love this game either way. Uh, the total five and a half Rangers are kind of an over team right now. The Islanders, uh, certainly not a team I'm betting over. Uh, they are yeah. definitely a team that's playing a lot of two, one, three, one type of games. So I would lean uh, a little bit to the under. Uh, it's a tricky one though, but uh, I would still prefer the Rangers because current form, even against bad competition, it's been better than what we've seen from the Islanders. Yeah. What's your take, Danny, on those these two teams here, Islanders and Rangers? Where's the game at tonight? MSG, Madison Square. MSG. Yeah. 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 I, I I think the Rangers always play better at MSG. Um, and, and you know, like you said, the, the Rangers and uh, their offensive power. Um, Panarin's an unbelievable player watching that kid play. Having a chance to watch him in Columbus here. Um, yeah, so, I mean, like you said, I think I would take the Rangers as well. All right, we got the uh, next game up is the uh, Philadelphia Flyers and the New Jersey Devils. As I like to say with two teams, Danny, at this time of the year, out of the playoffs, they're playing for exercise uh, this season, uh, these two yeah. teams. Although there's there's also players, younger players, playing for jobs. And you have to sometimes oh, remember it. that. Buffalo Sabres are a perfect example, you know, especially after the coaching change and Don Granado takes over. We've seen that team really give a pretty solid effort because you got a a bunch of young kids trying to show that they can be an NHL player and want to be on the roster next year. Uh, The Philadelphia Flyers in this game around minus 120 uh, road favorites, the total six across the board. Of course, they made the announcement earlier today, the Flyers, that 
uh, that Carter Hart's done for the season uh, with the MCL injury, so we won't be seeing him uh, in net for the Flyers again this season. Uh, Alex Lyon will be uh, in net, and it's been a tough go for him. Now, he hasn't had a team that's played great defense. That's been the biggest disappointment of the Flyers. If you can point to one area, why this team's not going to be a playoff team this year, Dan, it is their defense. Uh, it just hasn't been anywhere close to the level. I remember they were playing airtight, good in their own zone. The puck management was terrific. Uh, they just weren't putting those pucks in areas where they could get uh, ca- uh, the transition game going for the other team. And now they're putting the puck in areas where teams are able to get odd man rushes and, and good positive situations uh, offensively sure. uh, against them. And they've really suffered because of that. Uh, I've been on the over in every game this week with the Flyers and the Devils. Lots of high-scoring hockey. The Devils have essentially been playing uh, pond hockey, just trade chances up and down the ice, really, for the last mm-hmm. several games. It continued with these two teams head-to-head. It was 6-4 to four the other night uh, when these two teams played. On Sunday, it was a 4-3 to three game, seven goals, and then, of course, 10 goals the last game. So uh, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Uh, I'm going right back to the over here, over six between the Flyers and the Devils. I don't want to pick a side here. These are two teams that are obviously out of it. New Jersey did win the last game, but I don't, I'd probably lean to the Devils because I just can't look toward Philly as a road favorite with Lion and Net and a suspect defense in front of them. So I lean to the Devils, but absolutely going to stick with the over here. Uh, Dan, what's your uh, take with Flyers uh, and the uh, Devils? Yeah, I mean, um, this game, I mean, I, it, for me, I think it's a toss up. Uh, I will, you know, I want to do make one point is, you know, when you reach the end of the season and you 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 have two teams that are really playing for nothing, um, you know the the you know the the note that you made where you have young guys trying to prove a point. I think that you know that a lot of times is overlooked. I mean, I remember playing and you know we would have guys that we would call up and we would have uh, be playing against teams that were you know out of it. We'd be out of it, and they would have players that were called up. And it was always those third, fourth line players that were proving something that would just make the game uh, just to a new level. You know, it wasn't the first or second line guys. Um, It was those third, fourth line guys. And it's, you know, in the betting world, um, you know, I I have no idea how much, you know, you guys put into that. Um, For me as a former player, um, I mean, I know I was there once and it's, it's your Stanley cup, right? It's, it's your chance. So, um, you know, you, you got to look at that and you got to take that for granted. Uh, you know, what young kids getting their chance, how many of these young kids are getting their chance and, uh, uh, put a lot of emphasis on that. Yeah, exactly. And and that's why sometimes like, look at the, look at Arizona, right? Mm-hmm. Playing San Jose yeah, the last two nights. They're supposed to beat the Sharks. They're trying to make the playoffs. They're battling St. Louis, and San Jose beats them twice. And San Jose basically beats them because Arizona's uh, either underestimating them or they just make mistakes early on, and you've got this young, hungry San Jose team. Now, they've still got veterans like Kane and Burns and Carlson. I get that. Marlowe, of course, who just recently became uh, yeah. the player to passing Gordy Howe, most NHL games all time. Iron Man, that's why, why he got that record, Dan. I mean, he just rarely ever got hurt. Rarely ever got it's injured. Incredible, incredible yeah. dexterity and ability yeah. to just stay healthy. Like like Teflon all these years, but uh, incredible job by him uh, to get that record. Uh, but San Jose still got a lot of youth. And look, they sometimes the youth can rise up. Look at Buffalo. 
you know, they've pulled a couple yeah. of upsets lately. Uh, same thing. So it's a good point. You don't always want to overlook the, t- the non-playoff team because there's still jobs. No. There's still roster spots that these teams, that these players that they're trying to prove they deserve for next season uh, and beyond. Sure. Uh, Detroit, Carolina, I'm going bold on this game. Carolina is playing great. They're leading the division, but they're minus 340 favorites here. A huge number. Uh, the total in this game, five and a half. Detroit has owned Carolina. It's crazy to say that, but it's true. The Detroit Red right. Wings have played this team extremely tough all season. Sometimes styles make fights in hockey. You know, sometimes mm-hmm. there's teams that are, have bad records, but they're up against one particular team. And you know that coaching and matchups matter. And, and they just have an advantage. And yeah, Detroit's not good. They're one of the worst teams. They've had a tough season. They're rebuilding, yeah. but they've somehow, some way, played well against the Carolina Hurricanes this year. And for Carolina, they're coming off a long uh, road trip here back home. They've had some big wins. They had a good win against the Dallas Stars in their last game. And look, they've just there's too much evidence out there of this team having a tough time with Detroit to uh, maybe avoid just for me just sprinkling a couple of bucks down on Detroit here at, at around it's a, it's an unbelievable price here plus three hundred close to that. Um, and again, they've already pulled monster upsets this season against the uh, Carolina Hurricanes. So uh, that's probably the side I'd have to go with here is to take a small flyer with the Red Wings. That being said, this Carolina team, Dan, I don't know how much you get a chance to see them this season, but what a team they are. Rod Brindamore's done a great job. Ajo, Svechnikov, Nita Ryder, Jordan Stahl's been a great captain for them. And they're a puck possession team, and their system with Brindamore, he said this, we don't have the puck, you do everything in your power to get it. Puck retrieval, it means everything. Uh, that's why this team's yep. dominant every year in puck possession numbers. They have the puck usually in most games yep. way more than their opponent, and they're a good team. They just don't let the other team have as much time in the offensive zone, and that's why they're such a good team. How, what's your thoughts on this yep. Carolina team? I think they're a legit comp contender. Do you? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I get jealous when I do get to watch him play because, I, you know, I think Rob Brendamore is a fantastic coach. I, I feel like he would be my type of coach when I was playing. Um, he, he kind of models his coaching, you know, after the way he played. Just a gritty, hard nose, uh, you know, go in, take the body, get the puck. Um, and he's got a leader in Jordan Stahl where um, uh, just – a fantastic young uh, young leader that uh, that I got the chance to uh, to play with uh, a little bit um, uh, when uh, he was uh, in New York. So, um, fantastic young kid, fantastic leader. I think they're. Um, I think you know they're if if they don't if they don't make it to the uh, uh, the finals, I would be shocked. Let's just say that. So. You know, saying that, I think, uh, you know, I, I would also take Carolina in this one. Yeah, definitely. A Carolina has the makings of an excellent uh, an excellent playoff team and a team that can win the uh, Stanley Cup. It's absolutely bizarre that Detroit's been the team that's given them their most fits this season. But like I said, sometimes that's what's going to happen. There's one team that just has a good yeah. – uh, uh, does a good job head-to-head against you, and that has been Detroit this year. Uh, Pittsburgh and Washington, we've got uh, pretty much even money both sides here, total five and a half. I like the Pens. I like the over in this game. I like the Pens in a bounce back. They lost to Boston uh, the other night, three to one. Not They didn't play terribly, but look, Tuka Rask was on his game. He was excellent. He's been great since he got back from injury. And the Washington Capitals are absolutely loaded offensively. They might have Alex Ovechkin back too from injury tonight. 
I think there's a decent chance Lavin back. Let me see if I've got an update here because I've got the uh, lineup information. No, he looks like he's still out tonight, uh, Ovechkin, so he won't be back for the Capitals. You still have Kuznetsov, Wilson, uh, Backstrom, Oshie. Obviously, you got lots of offense. Mantha, of course, they got him from Detroit at the deadline. But the thing that concerns me, Dan, about this team is I look at these advanced numbers. It's just, you know, things that you like to look at rather than just the box score, the final score, shots on goal. Sometimes you want more information to help you come to a conclusion with each game. And I've looked at things like advanced or uh, expected goals margin for and against, high danger scoring chances for and against. That's fine if you give up 40 shots on a night, but if you're giving up 20 of those are high danger chances, that matters a lot more to me than the fact you're giving up 40 shots. It's the quality of those shots, the quality of those chances, no question. And for Washington, they're walking a fine line right now. They're giving up a lot of danger chances. And for some reason, you know, certain teams aren't putting the puck in with those chances, like the Islanders the other night who lost one nothing to Washington, but they're giving up too many chances. I think they're putting too much on Vitek Vanacek and Ilya Samsonov. They're two goalies. And I think at some point you're going to pay the price for that. So um, I like this spot for Pittsburgh. They're a good team in a bounce-back spot usually. Uh, they've actually played Washington pretty well this year. I like the Penguins here tonight. with, And they're getting healthier. Malkin's on his way back soon. Uh, they got Jeff Carter at the deadline. He's already scored a couple of times for them. Good veteran addition. And it's nice about Carter now in the twilight of his career, Dan, is he can just slide into a third-line role. He doesn't have to be the go-to guy or the star anymore. He can be a complementary player on this team uh, alongside, you know, obviously while Crosby and Jake Gensel and Brian Rust and guys like that, you know, are still the starring, uh, the leaders on the team offensively. Jeff Carter can just be a depth player and just help them and give them a little bit more depth and versatility up front. So I like Pittsburgh here in this game as well as the over, but uh, what's your take on these two teams overall, Pens and Caps? I always choose Pittsburgh, but it doesn't matter who they play. I love watching (laughs) them play. I love watching them play. There was one, another one, you know, being from Cleveland, it was another one of my favorite teams growing up. So, um, but, you know, ever since, you know, the Crosby-Malkin connection, um, we, uh, you know, we watched them a good amount. Um, and, yeah, I, th- I think Jeff Carter is a fantastic addition to that team. Um, like you said, you, you know, the pressure's off him. It's not like his uh, early days in L.A. where he was kind of looked on, dependent on. Um, you know, now he's just a, he's another voice there, uh, another good leader on that team. Um, you know, he he's he's – a fantastic player, obviously. Um, you know, I've grown up playing against Jeff all the way through the OHL and so forth. And, um, you know, he's he's always been, uh, you know, a, a positive, a, a leader no matter where he's gone. So um, I think he's going to fit in well there. I think that was a good pickup by Pittsburgh. Um, yeah. So with that and my uh, biasy, um, Pittsburgh. Yeah, Pittsburgh, and look, uh, Ron Hextall and Brian Burke were brought in, and at the time they said we're gonna we're gonna see what this team's made of in terms of are we gonna sell? Yep. We're gonna see if with this team uh, what they what they do in the weeks leading up to the deadline, and that's when the team kicked it into high gear and went on that run. They're trying to show Ron Hextall, the GM, and Brian Burke, president of Hockey Ops, that hey, we want to make another run at the Stanley Cup with this group with Crosby leading the way, and that's why they didn't yep. trade Chris Letang. Chris Letang. You know, there's your Bob McKenzie's and Darren Drager's and every insider known to man is basically talking about how this guy's rumored in trade uh, deals, uh, Chris Letang. And sure enough, Pittsburgh stood pat and said, no, we're going to hang on to him. 
Uh, and it's because of the run they put together that gave Hextall and Burke the belief that, hey, maybe this team has got that potential to make a run, one more cup run uh, this year at least. Yep. Uh, and we'll see. Pittsburgh has certainly played some good hockey. To me, it's going to come down to how good – can their defense stay healthy? I think their defense is excellent when they have a healthy Brian Dumoulin. When they have John Marino, who is, I think, going to be one of the great defensemen for a long time on this team. Um, but again, Dumoulin's been banged up. You've got Latang the later years of his career. They've got to stay healthy, though. And Tristan Jari is still, in terms of playoff success, he's an unknown. Because, you know, the Stanley Cup years with Pittsburgh, that was Matt Murray uh, that was in net for those, the last couple. So there's still a, the jury out a little on Tristan Jari come playoff time. But other than that, the pieces are in place. Definitely uh, for this Pittsburgh team. Uh, the next game is Buffalo Boston. Won't spend too much time on this. But Boston minus three eighty home favorites. The total uh, in this one uh, right now currently around a five and a half. It's been nothing but unders mm-hmm. for the most part with these two teams. So I would lean that way. Buffalo, of course, ended up losing back to back to the uh, New York Rangers. Uh, the Bruins lost the last time they played Buffalo. It was last week. Uh, they were terrible at the beginning of the game. I think they were sleepwalking a little bit after beating Buffalo twice already right before that. And then the third head-to-head game, they lost that one. I think because of that, they're going to come into this game not overlooking Buffalo this time around. And if you don't look overlook Buffalo, say what you will about the, the effort and the work ethic they're giving you on a nightly basis. You're still going to mm-hmm. probably be able to beat them if, you, if the Bruins come ready to go here. Uh, look, David Krejci's playing great. And Taylor Hall, look. I've not been a big Taylor Hall guy, to be honest with you. At playoff time, I've not seen him elevate his game. I've not seen him elevate his teammates. I've not seen him play his best. But since he's arrived in Boston, Dan, since the uh, trade deadline, you know, he's already doubled the amount of goals that he scored all season in Buffalo with the Sabres in his first week or so with the Bruins. And he's noticeable. And he talked about he wanted to go to Boston. It's why... Uh, Kevin Adams, the GM of the Sabres, was painted into a corner, essentially, Dan, because Taylor Hall's talking about, I want to go to Boston. There were better offers from Western Conference teams. And my colleague on this show is Jimmy Murphy. He's a longtime NHL writer and reporter. uh, And he said it. There were better offers on the table for Buffalo, for Taylor Hall with Western teams. But Taylor Hall said, no, you know, make it work with Boston. That's where I want to be because he had the NMC, no move clause. Uh, so they had to adhere to his wishes yeah. and they ended up going to Boston uh, instead and a lesser deal. Uh, but it was a sign that Taylor Hall wanted to be there. And that's also why I said, look, he was, he's been so emphatic that he wants to play for the Bruins. Could this finally be a time when he shows up and plays consistently, which is something that he hasn't done particularly at playoff time, New Jersey up and down Arizona was a disappointment to be honest with how he played there. But so far, so good. The early returns for Taylor Hall with Boston. Krejci's going. We know Marshawn Bergeron and Pasternak are one of the best top yeah. lines in the NHL. Very good hockey team. And if Tuka Rask, since coming back from injury, plays like he has since returning, dangerous team, aren't they? Yeah, of course. I mean, you know, it's amazing what happens when, uh, you know, you, you go to a place and you have, uh, you know, some uh, comfortable comfortable, uh, comfortable atmosphere. Um you know, obviously, uh, obviously Taylor, he, you know, he he knew that uh, that environment was going to suit him better. Um, so, you know, as a player, um, it, it's all about the environment that you that you surround yourself in. And, uh, you know, um, 
I'm happy to see him in Boston because I think that team could, you know, actually surprise some people. Um, and uh, like you said, is Tukaras back yet? When's he coming back? Yeah, he's been back for about four or five games now, uh, and he's looked yeah. excellent. Okay. He's been absolutely okay. terrific. Yeah. And there were there were questions. Yeah. Tuka's had lots of injuries. Tuka had a family personal situation that prompted him to leave the I'm bubble last year. Uh, with the Bruins and, of course, Halakka yeah. to take over in the playoffs. So people have been wondering, where's his head at? Where's his headspace? Where is he mentally? Where is he physically? But he's come back from this injury. He's looked like vintage Tuka Rask, and that's great news for the Bruins. Sure. Yeah, and Taylor Hall's a special player. And like you said, I mean, uh, a player a player's always judged when it comes down to crunch time, right? So uh, it, we'll, we'll, see, uh, we'll see if this new environment, uh, you know, is – is the change that he needs Taylor Hall needs to, uh, to prove himself when it comes, when it comes down to crunch time, big time situations. So, um, you know, if he does do that, then uh, I think the Boston Bruins are going to be a force to be reckoned with. That's for sure. I think I might be on the Bruins team total here, actually in this game, the more I look at it, I could see that being a decent way to go here uh, in this game, the Bruins team total right now uh, in this game, as I bring is over three and a half minus minus one fifty. Uko Pekka-Lukanen is in net tonight for the uh, Buffalo Sabres, and he's a young goalie, and he did beat Boston at the last start he made against them. But the Bruins, again, they played flat as a pancake for two periods. Something was said by, I think, Bruce Cassidy going into the third period, and then they started peppering the guy, the guy with shots, and they got four goals past him, and they almost tied the game. I think now a second yeah. look against this young goalie, who, to be honest with you, his numbers in Rochester in the AHL weren't great before his call up to the Sabres. So uh, I think this is a chance for the Bruins to have a better game of it offensively. That's that's something that appeals to me right there, the Bruins team total here, uh, which is three and a half uh, over minus 150. Uh, Dallas and Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay minus 160, home favorites here. Uh, the total in this one is right around, I believe, five and a half. Yes, uh, shaded to the under. I think Dallas could get the win here. Uh, they're, uh, to me, they're obviously playing for their lives right now. They're trailing Nashville for the final uh, playoff spot. Dallas has been an inconsistent team. Uh, there's no question about that. Uh, but they did beat a good Carolina team the first time they played the Canes. Canes got them in the rematch the other night. But Dallas is a team that needs every win they can. And there's something just a little bit off right now with Tampa Bay. I mean, we just saw Columbus, you know, give Tampa Bay everything they could handle over the weekend. Uh, and they did bounce back and they beat Chicago last game. But consistency hasn't necessarily been there for Tampa and actually offensively, they haven't exactly been scoring the goals in bunches that they usually are prior to the game against Chicago where they did explode. But prior to that, the offense and the power play had been struggling a little bit. The defensive side of the puck had been a little bit lacking and inconsistent as well. Uneven for Tampa Bay and Vasilevsky, great goalie, no question. But after an incredible start to the season, all of a sudden, he's been giving up a few more goals than normal the last few. So I think this is you could do a lot worse than taking a chance with the Dallas Stars. Not saying Tampa Bay doesn't need or want to win, but for Dallas, this is a plus underdog price here around the 140, 150 range with a team that you would think goes out full bore, needing every win and every point they can get as they try to catch Nashville uh, for the final playoff spot currently uh, in the central division dallas has been hit with so much shit this year dan i mean it's really it's been a shit storm for the dallas stars they had the covid issues at the beginning of the season they have the flooding in texas they get games postponed left and right injuries galore tyler sagan hasn't even played a game this year for them 
Uh, it's just been one thing after another for the Stars. Uh, so they've really had their season uh, ambushed by a bunch of various factors. But nevertheless, they've played some of their best hockey the last two weeks. They've played. They've been tough. They've been in every game. Um, I think they're in this game and have a chance to win it. And if you're going to give me plus 150 odds with the Stars, I'm going to take that. So uh, I like Dallas as a road underdog here. You can't bet favorites all, all the time. Uh, I always say that, Dan. And I think Dallas, there, there's reasons to take want to take a chance here with this Dallas Stars team right now. And, hey, they're always going to be fired up to, Tampa, to play Tampa Bay after losing the Stanley Cup final. Uh, to them last year uh, but overall Dan Tampa Bay have they got it in them to repeat do you think they're just cruising they could be just maybe cruising on cruise control here in the regular season and then they ramp it up at playoff time but I don't know to me yeah. they haven't hit that second gear in the regular season perhaps that's just them waiting for the playoffs to arrive well they don't want to do that right they're gonna they're gonna run into the same situation they ran into a couple of years with Columbus that's what happens when you when you cruise into the end of the season an excellent point um, yeah you know, you cruise into the end of the season, and then uh, you uh, you get you get swept uh, for nothing. So, um, you know, in any sport, you want you want to be playing your best hockey at the end of the year. Um, that's why it's almost a uh, it's almost a uh, curse to be uh, too far ahead in the standings and, and get too complacent, get too comfortable, um, and uh, you know, that's that might be where. That might be where uh, they are, but um, yeah, you know, in saying that, I don't know. I don't know if they are. I don't know if they're just kind of uh, trying to find that second gear, but um, you you can't put anything past a a desperate hockey team, you know, a desperate hockey team that is trying to win um, every game they can, uh, like Dallas. Um, You know, they have a fantastic leader in uh, Pavelski there. Uh, he's, uh, you know, he's, he's going to make sure those guys are ready to play. Uh, I mean, he's, he's a fantastic goal scorer, uh, fantastic leader. Um, and you, you can't, you can't put it by him. So, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if you're right. I wouldn't be surprised if Dallas comes in there and pulls one off. And uh, to our good friend, Terry Edelman, who's a loyal ice guys viewer. He's in our YouTube chat right now. And I'm a huge Minnesota wild fan. Uh, no question about that. So he'll probably remember you from when you played there. But yeah, basically, yeah. he is probably nervous now for his boy, Kirill the Thrill Kaprizov, who looked like for the longest time this season was a, a surefire lock to win the Calder Trophy, Rookie of the Year. Mm-hmm. And now, uh, basically, that horse that's uh, pulling, you know, getting closer to the to the leading uh, horse at the end of the yeah. Kentucky Derby. Good horse racing reference with the Kentucky Derby this weekend. Jason Robertson of the Dallas Stars is closing ground quickly on Kirill Kaprizov. This guy has been incredible uh, for the Dallas Stars and to the point where now he's given Kaprizov a little run for his money for that Calder Trophy. But Jason Robertson has been terrific for the uh, for the uh, Dallas Stars this season uh, in his rookie year. He's almost good to score uh, every single uh, game. I agree, Terry. I think Kaprizov should still get it. Uh, but Jason Robertson's throwing his hat into the ring right now. Uh, he's had a great season yeah. for the Stars. Uh, Vancouver, Toronto. Uh, this next game here, Toronto, huge favorites, minus 295. Home favorites in this one, the total uh, six uh, shaded to the over in this one. Uh, this is a game where I would look to the Leafs on the puck line here. This is uh, as uh, Jimmy puck line for me uh, in this one. Minus one and a half goals for Toronto is minus 125 to minus 130. I think it's pretty much done for Vancouver. I mean, they lose back-to-back games to Ottawa. Travis Green is just 
just absolutely ripping his team on the bench during a timeout mm-hmm. yesterday. Not happy with their play, not happy with their breakdowns. Sure. Uh, and of course, Ottawa beats them up. Now they're way too far behind Montreal for that final spot. Yeah, they have a lot of games left, but they're not running the table. They're not going to go on this eight and two run no. when they're playing so many games. Dan knows that. It's difficult on the body to play like this many hockey games in that short a period of time. So I think that was the loss that ended things for Vancouver. And I don't think Toronto, even though they beat Montreal, it's the second of back-to-back for them, I don't think they take Vancouver lightly. They lost twice to Vancouver when the Canucks came off their COVID pause. And the Leafs have been excellent in terms of avenging uh, uh, avenging a team when the team that they're playing beat them the last time they played them. Uh, we talked about it with Montreal. Montreal beat Toronto the last time they played the Leafs prior to last night, and Toronto beat them. Toronto's good at getting back at the team that beat them in the last game. I think they do that here with Vancouver, and I think they do it decisively. And even if David Riddick is in net for the Leafs, I know he's had struggles. He didn't play great in Calgary. They got him as insurance to Jack Campbell with Freddie Anderson's status still up in the air. Um, But I think he's going to show up tonight because he got shelled in the third period. He took the onus after that loss saying, I wasn't good enough, David Riddick, that night. That loss to Vancouver, two really soft goals go in past him in the third period. I think he'll be a lot better tonight getting another chance at this Vancouver team. So I think Toronto wins decisively here tonight. Uh, Here's another team, Dan, uh, the Leafs. Everybody's talking that Mm -hmm. they're in the mix for Stanley Cup. And I keep saying to my Leaf fans, and in my area, you know that there are a bunch of them. I keep saying to them, can we win a series first? Can we (laughs) win a first-round playoff series for the first time since 2004? I mean, it's been 17 years since yeah. you've won a playoff series, uh, and now you're ready to walk, walk the fucking Stanley Cup right down uh, Bloor Street there in downtown Dundee. Yeah. Like, can we calm down? Can we win a playoff series first is what I'm telling my fellow Leaf fans who think that, hey, we're legit cup contenders this year. Yeah. Yeah. It, uh, I love seeing the Leafs, the, all the memes and stuff on Facebook with the Leafs. It's hilarious. Uh, it, it's... Uh, Man, those poor guys up there got so much pressure on them. You, all you guys are, <laughs> you guys are crazy up there with those with those guys. But they have, uh, they got some firepower up there, that's for sure. Um, so um, it's hard, it's hard to go against them. Um, you know, for me, um, my last year playing in Switzerland, uh, I got to play with uh, Matthews. And, and really watch him and uh, get to know him. And um, he's just a special player. Uh, he's really, really a special player. Um, his, uh, just his shot and his release is, is incredible. You know, so, um, you know, the, uh, the the guys that now that they have around him and uh, supporting cast, I think um, hard, hard to, you know, hard to not pick them. So. Uh, you know, you got to go with the Leafs. Yeah, and Austin Matthews, unbelievable last night. I mean, the goal he scored is just all of a sudden knocks the puck down and then just a quick release before Jake Allen can even blink uh, in the net for the Montreal Canadiens. And then he almost does the uh, lacrosse style, knock the puck out of midair and uh, score there. Almost worked. Uh, Incredible skill. Yeah, one of the best releases in the NHL. And now he's got, of course, uh, you know, incredible talent around him, Marner and Nylander. And look, Tavares yep. is getting his game back again, his offensive game. He's kind of had a down year offensively, but boy, he's starting to get it going at the right time for the Leafs. And Nick Felino was the perfect addition that 
guy that's just going to hound the puck, be great at both ends of the ice, two-way player, five-on-five, penalty kill, power play, physical presence, go to the front of the net, go to those tough areas to score, drop the gloves and stick up for a teammate every now and then as well. Nick Foligno is just the predominant leader, perennial leader you could want for a team at at playoff time. What an addition. And that's when you're going to see the value of Nick Foligno playoff time. Because Nick Foligno shut – the Leafs down last year. Let's not kid ourselves. Nick Foligno had a huge part in shutting down the Leafs in the first round in the playoffs last year in the bubble and sending the Leafs home. Well, now they've got him uh, on their side and I'm sure they're happy about it. I'm sure that's why they got him, right? They, they saw what they did to him. And, uh, that's, that's usually how, um, you, you know, you face a playoff team and, you you do what Nick did to him. Uh, you say, hey, I want this guy on my team. And, you know, Felino, obviously a former captain of the Blue Jackets. He, he, he's another guy that's going to go in there. Um, you know, he installs some great leadership and just just gritty, you know, forward hockey. Um, that's that's what he is. He, he's going to go in there, bang some bodies around, you know, get guys to puck, uh, you know, he's not obviously not afraid to, to drop the gloves and uh, he'll get um, again. I think that was a great pickup. Um, you know, it was a, it was a good move by both programs. I know Columbus, they had to, you know, they're going a different direction. They had to get rid of him. I think for Toronto, it's a great pickup, uh, especially leading in the playoff time, because he's the kind of guy that you can count on in playoffs. You know, I don't think he's he's the guy that's just going to just he's the opposite. He's the guy that's going to show up and he's going to he's going to be your. Even though he's not blessed with the skill these other guys have, uh, he's going to be one of the most um, called upon and dependable guys come playoff time. Yeah, you don't want these regular season wonders. There's been too many of them for the Toronto Maple Leafs in the last few years where they've been bounced in the first round. You want these guys that show up at playoff time, uh, and Nick Foligno has definitely done that. Uh, in the past, no yeah. question, especially most recently for Columbus. All right, we've got three games left, Florida, Chicago. Uh, Florida minus 160 uh, road favorites. Uh, the total in this game right now is, uh, I believe, six. It might even be six and a half in some spots, six or six and a half, depending on where you look. Uh, Chicago's defense has collapsed again. Uh, that's been an issue mm-hmm. for the Blackhawks for years. It's just too much of a sieve in their own zone, too many giveaways, too many breakdowns, bad uh, defensive play, and it's starting to come back to their – to them again the last few games they're falling out of the playoff race they're not going to make it they've still got to catch dallas not to mention nashville so uh it's fallen apart here a little bit for the blackhawks i love this florida team i'm buying into this florida team even after i said aaron ekblad's season ending injury which was just gut-wrenching to see that because of the season he'd been having but i still said florida is still a force to be reckoned with they got brandon montour to, at the trade deadline, which helps that blue line depth. Mackenzie Wegars played well uh, on that blue line. Anton Strawman uh, has been good. Keith mm-hmm. Yandel, I think, has had a, one of his best years in a long time for the Panthers. And then up front, you've got Barkov and Huberto have been outstanding. Uh, they got Verhage from Tampa Bay. He's been uh, terrific. Uh, and, of course, Sam Bennett, a new lease on life. Uh, they couldn't wait to get him out of town in Calgary. And I said, hold on now. This guy's a former first-round pick. He can play wipe the slate clean get a fresh start dan will know something about that he's been had to go to different cities and different teams and maybe get a new lease on life with some of these teams that sometimes all a player needs is that second chance get a new fresh start new surroundings 
to be honest with oh, you, yeah. I think better players around him, to be honest. I mean, I can't yeah. count on Goudreau, Monaghan, and Kachuk night in and night out for the Flames this year. Yeah. I can count on Barkov, Huberto uh, showing up every night for the Panthers because that's exactly what they've done this season. He's been magnificent, Bennett, uh, since the Florida yeah. Panthers got him. Total turnaround for him uh, because I think he's now with a winning environment. Uh, Florida is the side for me here for sure. Uh, I would probably go Florida and regulation here for better value, but I'm on the Panthers here. I would lean over the total as well. But, Dan, here we go. I'll get your thoughts on Florida here. Uh, I think yeah. Carolina's a legit cup contender. I think Florida, I think they are as well. Now, in goal, you have some issues. Bobrovsky's gone back to being a little shaky lately yeah. in his last few starts. I like Chris Drieger. He's been solid as well in net for the Panthers. But, again, no playoff experience. I think Spencer Knight's the real deal. This guy, this kid's going to be that good. I truly believe that. I'd be stunned uh, if yeah. he's anything less than stellar uh, in the NHL. He's got the talent. He's got the makeup. He's calm, cool, collected, poised. Even if they start him in the playoffs, and they could actually go with Spencer Knight, I think he could live up to that pressure. I don't think it would get to him. I don't think it would rattle him. That's the one question, the goaltending for Florida. Other than that, the team's Pretty damn good in my eyes, Dan. What do you think of them? Yeah, I mean, I think it's, uh, you know, with, with the goaltending situation, you know, with the contract that they gave Bob, uh, you know, and to not start him just through the eye, the the political side of it, you know, I mean, what, what, they gave him this $10 million a year or something, I think. Yeah, they almost have to, uh, yeah, out of principle because of that contract. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Game one, game two of the first round, and then obviously exactly. if he's good, he keeps it. And if he struggles, though, you got you got an yeah. issue. Yeah, exactly right. So I, I I think from that end, I think that they have to give Bob his his, his chance uh, to start. Um, but like you said, you know, um, they got a couple good choices there behind him. So. Um, you know that's that's uh, positive for them, but. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's uh, you know, it's a that one's a tough one, you know, because Chicago's always got a great team, and you can never go against uh, can never go against Kane, um, you know, and uh, but like you said, you you look at uh, Florida's weapons, and you know, you rely on the goaltending a little bit. Uh, whoever the who are they playing tonight? What, Florida, that? Chicago. Uh, I like Florida there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chicago yeah, has really, that. really struggled the last couple. That, and defensively, it's almost like this team's starting to re- reality sinking in, even for the veterans there. Kane, Duncan yeah. Keith, the guys that have been around a while that, hey, we're falling out of this race. And I think it's it's going to be tough sledding when they're facing And they've really – the reason why Chicago ain't making the playoffs this year, Dan, is very simple. Yeah. The teams above them are Tampa, Carolina, and Florida – They've been terrible this season, head to head against those three teams. They haven't been able yeah. to beat them. And that's why they are where they are. Yeah. Yep. So yeah. So in saying that, uh, you, you got to go with Florida, right? So is uh, is Bob playing in net for Florida tonight? Uh, the latest I saw in net for them. Let me just take a look here, Florida. No, oh, it's Spencer Knight. It's the kid. That's exactly what I thought oh. it would be. Uh, so there that's you good. go. Uh, Knight is that's in. Uh, so yeah. uh, well, they they probably want to see more of him. Yep. Right. I mean, he's only played two or three games, so right? I mean, they, they got to you know going into playoffs, they got to they got to see exactly what they got from him. So um, that's probably a smart move on their behalf. 
Yeah, he started against Columbus. He made his debut uh, in the NHL against Columbus last week, and he won that game. And then he relieved Bobrovsky earlier this week against Nashville, uh, the game they won against Nashville. And Bobrovsky was struggling, you know, fighting the puck, a couple of goals yeah. he would want back. And it was one of those wild up-and-down games. Florida was down going into the third period. They put Knight in. Florida rallies to win six to four, seven to four, and he doesn't allow a goal in the third period. This kid's medal. He, he's got it. He's got the mentality. Yeah. He's got the ability. He's got everything you would want in a number one goalie for your franchise for a very long time to come. So, yeah, as you can tell, I've hitched my – I'm on the Spencer Knight train uh, right I here. Yeah. I'm, I'm buying into the kid, uh, and I think he gets it done tonight for the uh, Panthers here. All right, uh, last two games, St. Louis and Minnesota. What a wild one last night uh, and a huge win for St. Louis. Of course, they're trying to stay ahead of Arizona for the final spot. They were down 3-1 to Minnesota going into the third period. Three third period goals, and they end up winning 4-3. Revenge spot for Minnesota, perhaps minus 150 home favorites here. Uh, the total, five and a half, uh, shaded to the over. Uh, I am actually going to take uh, as much as St. Louis now. They beat Colorado twice. They came back to beat Minnesota last night. I am leaning Minnesota here. Um, mm-hmm. It's just the kind of loss that, look, Minnesota comes out storming tonight, you would think, after coughing that game up last night with Blunders galore. Matt Dumba making mistakes with the puck. Jonas Brodeen getting beat uh, by Robert Thomas uh, on the game-winning goal with 20 seconds left uh, last night. Just uh, breakdowns uh, for the Minnesota Wild, which is unfortunate because their offense with Kirill the Thrill Kaprizov and Zuccarello and Fiala has been outstanding. But I do think it's a good revenge-type situation here against this St. Louis team. Uh, Back-to-back games being played. So you would think after last night where you saw – uh, the goaltending battle being uh, Cam Talbot and Jordan Bennington. You might see the reverse tonight, but hold the phone. Not going to be the case for Minnesota. They're going right back to Cam Talbot uh, tonight uh, on the second of back-to-back games. St. Louis may go with Billy Huso. He's the projected goalie, but again, not confirmed. Mm-hmm. Either way, I like the Wild, and I'm going to go right back to over 5.5 as well. Uh, I cashed the over 5.5 in last night's game with St. Louis and Minnesota. Minnesota is one of those teams where they're pricing Minnesota's totals at this five and a half, like they're the Minnesota Wild in the Jacques Lemaire days, you know, yeah. way back in the 2000s when they're trapping up, trapping all over the ice and playing these tight checking, defensive minded two to one games. That's not their style right now. Dean Evison's letting the uh, horses out of the stable, so to speak. They're 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 playing a good pace game. They're pushing the attack. They're aggressive offensively. Uh, it's not the Minnesota teams you remember from 5, 10, 15 years ago. Uh, they're an exciting team to watch. There's been value yeah. for weeks now with betting them over the total, and that's what I'm going to do here, over five and a half here, St. Louis and Minnesota once again. Talbot in net for Minnesota. We don't know who's in net yet for St. Louis. Projected to be Billy Huso instead of Bennington, but not confirmed by Craig Berube just yet. Uh, mm-hmm. Dan, what do you think of Minnesota? They're a bit of a surprise that they've been this good this season, but what, what's your uh, – take and your opinion of, of them yeah i watched them play uh, a couple weeks ago um i forget who they're playing but it's so funny that you said that because i remember thinking the same thing it was like man this is not this is not how i played hockey uh when i played with minnesota because i played for jock and uh uh he was uh yeah it was I remember Jacques ripping me a new asshole when I chased a guy behind the net, you know, and he just wanted you to trap him. Is all it was was just trap, you know. And <laughs> it sounds like Jacques a guy. <laughs> oh yeah, I, I, you know, I, I was coming from a system where I was trying to flush a guy out from behind the net and push him to one side, 
and all he rimmed me a new asshole because he just wanted me to trap him down there and um so not watching the minnesota you know they were just going and just creative and i was just like wow well i would have you know i got jealous i was like that's uh <laughs> a little different Minnesota team than I remember playing. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, I think they uh, they have, for me, uh, Minnesota's always always a threat. Um, is this one in St. Louis, you said? Uh, no, in or, Minnesota, once again. In Minnesota, like, uh, okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah, in Minnesota, yep. Okay, yeah, so um, in Minnesota, I mean, that place is um, – Oh, they get the full full capacity back and and all the fans back in the building. uh, Look out. Uh, That is as loud a building as there is in the NHL. XL Energy City Center's rocking at playoff time when they have a full. Yeah, you always have. What's their capacity at now? Uh, Right now, I think it's 20% of the building they're allowed to. Yeah. 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 You always have have a huge advantage there with uh, the XL Center. But, um, you know, I I think, uh, yeah. You know, you got to go in Minnesota with this one. All right, Minnesota, and I like the over there. I think we'll see goals just like we saw last night. Final yeah. game on this Thursday card, Calgary and Edmonton. Big card, Ten, I think it was 10 games today. Uh, but Battle of Alberta to wrap it up. Uh, Edmonton Oilers playing some great hockey right now. Uh, they are taking on Calgary tonight. Of course, Calgary, their playoff hopes are on life support right now. I think the loss mm-hmm. against Montreal probably ended it for them, but it, I, I have no idea what to expect from Calgary tonight. Are they completely um, beaten down by the fact they lost to Montreal and they're six points back again uh, of the Montreal Canadiens, or do they have one last push in them to try to catch Montreal for that final spot? Uh, Edmonton minus 125 home favorites. Uh, the total in this game currently six. Uh, this is a game I don't have a very strong betting opinion on. It's probably a game I'm going to mm-hmm. pass on, and there's nothing wrong with that. It's just from a Calgary standpoint, they're an underdog. If they still believe even a little bit that they can make the playoffs still, they're six points back. There's not a lot of games left for them. Um, we'll have to wait and see. But I worry that that final loss to Montreal, and the, which, is, which was huge, Dan, because you win that yeah. game against Montreal the other night, you're two points behind. You lose that game like they did, and now they're six points behind, and there's only six or seven games left. So yeah, it's it is going to be an uphill battle for Calgary, and I don't know where they're going to be at mentally going into this game. And at the same point in time, the Edmonton Oilers are rolling. McDavid, Dreisaitl, outstanding. Yeah. Uh, they just got Nugent yeah. Hopkins back uh, from injury. Uh, absolutely outstanding um, in this uh, going into this uh, game against Calgary. Their Their current form is excellent. And to be honest with you, they used the weaker of their two goalies last night. You know, they started Miko Koskinen in the game against the Winnipeg Jets last night, and they saved Mike Smith for this game. And Mike Smith's had a great year. You could, and this is a guy that's had some really tough games, pulled from the net a lot. It's been a rough few years for him the last few. Uh, but this is Mike Smith in the Dallas days or the Arizona days right now uh, for the uh, for this team in net. Mike Smith's been absolutely outstanding. Of course, he started in Tampa Bay as well, but uh, this is as good as Mike Smith played in years in between the pipes for the uh, Edmonton Oilers. In Calgary, Daryl Sutter there, the results just haven't been what they expected. Daryl Sutter is one of those guys, too. Like, he coaches a certain way. Remember, he started in the NHL coaching the Blackhawks, you know, in the 90s, a long time ago. Style of play in hockey was a lot different back then compared to now. It was, okay, he wants the defensive style, but, boy, he saw as the time went on with L.A., it, it worked in the beginning, and obviously it worked well when you win multiple yeah. cups. But 
late 2010 decade, Dan, we started to gear more toward the skill and the speed and the four lines where you could get offense more than defense from all four lines in your lineup. And the Kings and Daryl Sutter kept thinking, hey, we're going to check our way to a Stanley Cup. We're going to have great goaltending every night. We can defend, 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 and forget about scoring enough goals. And Calgary's kind of fallen into that same trap right now. They are focusing a lot on defense, but where's Johnny Hockey? Where's Sean Monaghan? Sean Monaghan to me, come on, he should be better than this with the talent he's got. Um, Matthew Kachuk has tailed off you know, the last several weeks, and it's just not a lot of offensive game breakers. Those are supposed to be their game breakers, and a lot of times, Dan, they're not. Uh, And that's been a problem uh, for Calgary, is that they just haven't been able to find enough success offensively and put the puck in the net, put the biscuit in the basket, uh, whatever term you want to use. So uh, to me, I'm looking at this as a situation where – it's a tough one. I, I could only look to Edmonton, though. I think they're the better team. Yeah. It, the price is reasonable. I don't know if Calgary fully believes still that the playoffs are a reasonable uh, thing for them anymore after losing to Montreal. Yeah. So I, I'm not going to bet it, but I would lean a little bit to Edmonton, and I like the way they're playing right now. Uh, what do you think of the Oilers, Dan, a team playing right now, their best hockey at the right time? You talk about peaking going into the playoffs and trying yeah, to go into sure. the playoffs red hot, playing well, the Oilers look to be doing that. Yeah, and, and I mean, you can't, uh, like you said, you can't uh, you can't go against, uh, you know, the, in my opinion, the best player in the league in McDavid. So, uh, you know, he's playing fantastic hockey. Um, and, you know, to your point where, you know, Sutter, um, you know, kind of coaching old school. Um, and I... I for me, I think that's that that weighs a lot. Uh, the game has changed, and I think it's changed just you know it, the that time period that you mentioned, 2010, 11. Um, you know, I watch the game now, and um, you know, I, I find myself getting jealous because it, it it's like the guys look like they're having so much fun out there. It's just you know, back in my day, it was like dump and chase and trapping, um, and now it's you. Know, it, Guys aren't afraid to do anything. Uh, the neutral zone is like a play area. Uh, it, it's um, it, it's completely changed. And like you mentioned, I think Sutter's still stuck in that early two thousand era where it's it's trapping. You know, dump the puck. You know, uh, try to get. You know, you, you try to get your your you know, fifty hits a night, whatever you put you put on your team to get, um, and. Uh, it, it, it's hard to win, it, 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 especially with the talent in the league today. It's it, it's going to be really, really hard to win. Um, and even, you know, you, you put McDavid on, you put McDavid on Calgary, that's not going to happen. You know, there's no, I, I don't think McDavid would ever have the success he has if he, if he went to Calgary and played that style of play. Um, so in saying that, uh, you know, you, you got to pick, you got to pick Edmonton in this one. That's an interesting. Uh, that's an interesting opinion. Uh, that's uh, so. You basically, you put him in a more defensive-minded system, and he couldn't supersede that system and still be great oh. and still be as dominant, in your opinion, compared to say, you know, a Toronto or an Edmonton or Pittsburgh or Washington, one of the Rangers teams like that. That obviously transition game is significant mm-hmm. to their success. Rush chances. And that's something you see yeah. a lot more of rush chances now compared to, as you say, back, you know, 10, 15 years when you were playing the game, that matters yeah. a lot. You think that he, if he's in Calgary, 
He's in a system where even as great as he is, like an unbelievable yeah. generational talent, he couldn't overcome the system and the style of play in Calgary to be the best he could be. I listen. I mean, the the kids the kids a freak, right? He's he's a freak. So I mean, would he still have success? Absolutely. I mean, you, do, would he still be the leading scorer on the team? Absolutely. Um, would he have as much success as he would in Edmonton? No, I don't. I I, I truly believe not. I I think Calgary fits his game uh, better than any other place. Uh, he has free range. He's um, he's he's a leader. He he has a coach that believes him. That you know, do your thing. You know, don't you know? You make a mistake, you're not going to make it again. You know, uh, unlike sitting back and sitting in the trap and playing on a team that, like you said before, is just going to try to out hit you. Um, it, it's, it, I think, but nowhere near. All right. Now that's, uh, that, that's, uh, I think, I think there's definitely though, some truth to that because you're right. Calgary's just yeah. not got uh, that kind of offensive game in them the way Edmonton does. Uh, but he uh, unbelievable. Like to me, if you're a defenseman, I find it hilarious every time I watch Edmonton. There's Connor McDavid, just torpedoing up the ice, and the defenseman just backing up, backing up, backing up consistently oh, yeah. because you know they're just worried that you know if they go up and try to challenge and goes around them, they're done. Finish. Stick yeah. a fork in them. There he is, free reign to the net. If you let him get around you like that, they back him up because they're trying to do everything in their damn power to keep him in front yeah. of them. So he doesn't beat them toward the net, and it's just every time when he gets that uh, that burst of speed yeah, going through full the steam of ice, yeah, steam in the head, yeah, yeah. yeah. and they're just backing and up, backing up the whole time. It's like wow, and you don't realize oh, yeah. it until you see it until you're on the ice and you see him coming at you like a bull in a china shop, and, and then you end up seeing it, and they're like, whoa, we better adjust yeah. what the fuck we're doing here because we're not able to take care of it. Oh yeah, of course. I mean, all of a sudden you look and Calgary's got three goalies. You know, because their their gap is just they, 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 it's 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 hard. That's I mean, he he is so offensive and so fast. He can turn. He can go from zero zero to thirty like that. It, it, it's it makes it physically impossible for a defenseman. Sure does. Um, Dan, this has been a blast having you on the show. You've been great as a special guest. Thanks for doing it. Uh, thanks for yeah, joining of course. us here on the Ice Guys. Uh, before we get to best bets and wrap up the show, a reminder, uh, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, sign up for an account, use the promo code THPN, the Hockey Podcast Network. Uh, it's a great time of year. NHL, NBA, Major League Baseball on a daily basis. Playoffs are almost here in the NHL and NBA. We've got the NFL draft tonight. I know there's props available. Uh, for that as well at DraftKings. So sign up for an account. Uh, when you do sign up uh, for an account, you'll get a, a deposit bonus, weekly specials and incentives available for you. So uh, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, sign up for an account there and use the promo code uh, THPN. Uh, before we get to best bets, it look, it is NFL draft day. You can't be you can't Cleveland. Yeah, exactly. You, you, we got to say something about it because it's the headline sporting event uh, today. Yeah. Uh, are you a big NFL fan, big football fan? Follow it closely, yeah. Dan, at all? You know, look for me on TV tonight. I'll be down there. <laughs> all right, good stuff. Um, yeah, Cleveland Browns. Uh, the Cincinnati Bengals are the team that's really interesting, the other Ohio team, because of where they're picking and where they could go. Do they go Kyle Pitts, tight end? 
could be the best player available at that time. Jamar Chase, wide receiver out of LSU, he could be the best player available at that time. To me, there's that balance for the Bengals, best player available versus a, a clear need, which is making sure Joe Burrow doesn't get killed next season. That's the need. Yeah. Fix the offensive line. Fix it. It was absolutely brutal last year. The guy had no time to throw the football. Panay Sewell is sitting out there probably for them. The offensive tackle out of Oregon, the left tackle, he has that ability to be a dominant left tackle in the league. I think if he's there, you got to get You can't have Joe Burrow just you know going through that kind of major injury again. That offensive line sucked, period. It was terrible. It was absolutely brutal last year for the Bengals. That entire O-line, you've got to worry about Joe Burrow. Make sure – what good is drafting weapons – if your franchise quarterback ain't around to throw it to them because he's hurt and because yeah. the O-line can't protect for shit, you know? So to me, you got to address that. If you're the Bengals, you're a Browns fan, Dan. Yeah, absolutely. What are you hoping they do? What, what would be your ultimate, if, if you could say, uh, Dan, what would be a successful uh, draft night for the Cleveland Browns? Listen, we're not used to this. We're usually picking one or two, right? So, I mean, we're at, what are we for 26 tonight? I think, um, I mean, that's we're we're in uh it's is different for Cleveland Browns fans. So uh, we're in a situation, I think, where um, obviously we're very very talented up front. Um, uh, defense, we we address some of that uh, uh, with free agent signing. Uh, but I think if we're going to do anything, we need something on the defensive end. Uh, if it's another. Um, Defensive pass rusher, or um, uh, you know, a, another another corner. Um, you know, I, I for me, it, it's um, or or you know, I there's really no big holes for us. So uh, you know, it, it may be something where you just take best available um, and, and and go from there. You know, so. Uh, there's really no pressure on Browns this year. Um, heard a good analogy today. They they don't have to hit a home run this year. Uh, you know, they just need to hit a double. Just just a, a, a good pick that's going to help the team. Yeah. Yeah, and this is new territory for them. It's usually top of the first round. You know, top five, top ten. That's where you see the uh, Cleveland yeah. Browns drafting. They're back into the first round. But I'm sure Browns fans are happy because it means they've made the playoffs. It means they're relevant again oh. uh, in the NFL, and that's what we've seen. Yeah, Baker Mayfield is. He's progressing. He's getting better. Yeah. You know, you, you like yeah. that he's getting a little bit more better. Decision making has always been the the, the one issue yeah, for him. For on. He's improving with that. You know, they got a great running back uh, duo there with Chubb and Hunt. Uh, absolutely incredible. You know, they've got yeah, uh, you know Hooper. They got the tight end from Atlanta before last year. Can Odell Beckham Jr. come back healthy again? But Landry uh, Higgins, Peoples Jones showed up big time last year as a breakout wide receiver. So there's things the offensive yeah. line. Defense has obviously uh, led, uh, you know, by a bunch of good pass rushers. So uh, de definitely uh, there's a lot to like with Cleveland. Should be an exciting uh, NFL draft tonight. Uh, best bet yes, for me well. for this Thursday uh, NHL card. Uh, I'm going to go with the uh, – it it's continues to work, especially with Alex Lyon in net tonight for the Flyers. I think it will work again. New Jersey, Philadelphia, over six, minus 115. We get goals again. I mean, seven goals and 10 goals in the two previous head-to-head -head games. The Flyers and Devils have been trending over. 
recently. They've been trending over in their head-to-head games. I think that continues tonight. So going to go with the Devils and the Flyers over six, uh, minus 110 for my best bet for the Ice Guys show for Thursday, April 29th. And that'll wrap up this edition of the show. We thank our special guest, uh, Dan Fritchie, for joining us. Uh, Hope to have you on again some point down the road once again, if you're uh, able to. But uh, absolutely, thanks to everyone for uh, tuning in live. A reminder to uh, download uh, the Ice Guys podcast uh, in audio form if you can't watch the show live on YouTube, which is seven days a week on YouTube, Monday to Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern, Saturday, Sunday, noon Eastern. Uh, For Dan Fritchie, our special guest, I'm Ian Cameron. Have a great uh, Thursday night. Enjoy the games and good luck. We'll talk to you again tomorrow on Friday for another edition of the Ice Guys presented by the Hockey Podcast Network.